Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures in Australia and around the world, and their struggles for social justice. I'm Lourdes García Larque. On today's show, we will be having a conversation with Viviana Salas. She is a Peruvian photographer living in Melbourne, and she has been capturing images of a number of actions, protests, and other events across Melbourne. She is the curator of the exhibition Art Inside, a photo exhibition currently displayed at the Victorian Trades Hall in the corner of Victoria and Ligon Street. The exhibition closes on May 15. This photo exhibition presents art produced in prisons across several countries, such as West Papua, Chile and Peru. These prisoners, against all odds, and true art, have found the means to break their chains and to show that their fighting spirit is more alive than never before, as Viviana wrote on the blurb for the event. This program does not aim to discuss the role of the Peruvian political organizations Shining Path or the Tupac Amaru Revolutionary Movement, but to discuss the incarceration system in Peru over the last 20 years, including the fierce anti-communism that labeled all opposition as terrorism. We also aim to discuss how the individuals here described use art as a way to break their chains and to share their stories. Well, thanks, Viviana, for joining the show today. Today, we are going to be talking about political prisoners in Peru, and particularly how some of these people behind the bars have used art as a way of, to survive and to express themselves beyond the bars. First of all, I think it is important to provide some feedback on this little-known topic. I would like to discuss about the existence of political prisoners in Peru. Peru has had, on one hand, very repressive governments, and on the other hand, large communist movements and other types of political and social organizations that have challenged such repression and the way in which those governments have excluded the majorities in favor of a few. Could you talk with us a little bit about this background? Yeah, um, Peru has um, had a lot of um, political prisoners now, but has a history of um, political um, political prisoners. Yeah, probably in during the decade of eighties on early nineties was developing in Peru. An internal war, uh, internal war um, between the state and two different revolutionary groups, the Shining Path, um, the Maoist with um, Maoist ideology, and the um, Tupac Amaru revolutionary movement, uh, which have um, Marxist-Leninist ideology. Um, these two um, groups. Um, came in, in, in against the, the state because the inequality and the social injustice in the country, you know, led both movements to take up arms. Um, probably the, the war during almost 20 years, but um, we talk about uh, political prisoners, but in Peru nobody knows these people as a political prisoners. They say terrorists. 
Mm. It's, it's totally different than the words that, that the government and um, and the journalists use for name the, the people in, in prison. Yeah, well, I I think generally, at, at least across Latin America, the governments will normally use this type of language to refer to these prisoners, and it's the people who will call them political prisoners. But I believe the situation in Peru got worsened during the 90s with the government of Fujimori and all the anti-terror legislation that was implemented. How does that this, did this have an impact on increasing the, the number of political prisoners, if, well, we will call them political prisoners. In April 5, 1990, with the coup um, for the President Alberto Fujimori, uh, all the legal processes changed, all the laws changed. We, have, um, we had a new uh, constitution. The, Al Fujimori did a new constitution. And applied the figure of terrorism and treason against the fatherland. With this um, figure, they can punish by life the people that they uh, arrested, you know. And in addition, they create a faceless and summary trials. Um, they create a, a new regime for the um, political prisoners in, in prisons, a, a, a close regime, a regime close confinement, this is the name that they used, and was really, really hard for the people in prison because they built a lot of new uh, prisons around Peru. Two of these prisons are really famous because they are over 4,000 meters, you know, it really, was really cold and the cells are really small. They are living in cells that, uh, for two by three, more or less. In these cells living two or three inmates. Um, they can read only the Bible. They only can um, only spend 20, they spend 23 hours and a half in the dark cells and only 30 minutes, they have only 30 minutes to go to the, to the yard. Um, the only time that they have to, to see the, the daylight. Um, also, the, they could only be visited by close relative, prior in the identification, only for mom, dad, or sisters, or wife, or, you know, no friends, or, you know, they can be visited for another person that don't be a, a, a lawyer or the family, the close family. Only one, only 30 minutes per month. Per month. Per month, yes. Yeah. And such visits should be in the parlor. In no case be allowed physical contact with the prisoner. Um, all this after abusive body search and in many cases proved to be excessive um, search into the, the visit, you know. 
Yeah, like constituting like, probably some sort of sexual assault to the visitor. Yeah, yeah. And the idea was um, you are in prison and your, your family, it's outside, but they are the family of a prisoner. And they have to, to know that, you know, and everybody have to know that they are the family of a prisoner. It's like, um, you know, it's like to, to, to be, um, I don't know how exactly to say, it's like if you are a prisoner, but all your family have to pay for you too, you know? It's like the, the idea of the government, yeah? And the letters that they receive or the letters that they write and send uh, can be um, read for the police or the army are not privacy. They have been denied the right to work, to think, to read, to write, to communicate with with others. It was horrible, you know. Mm. It's really, really hard at that time be a, a, a political prisoner. So you say that it was, what uh, period of time are we talking about then? Around 10 years, more or less, during this type of, of, um, of law. But the law is, it not changed. It, the constitution not changed now. You know, that democracy uh, come again, but the constitution don't change in Peru. It's the same constitution that used Alberto Fujimori 20 years ago. Uh, Non-surprising that the constitution hasn't changed. There is other countries to where there have been a move to more, let's say, more democratic governments, but still the same constitutions that were implemented by dictatorships or even military dictatorships continue to be what rules the country now. But have the situation, at least internally, of political prisoners changed since those years of the Fujimori regime to now? Um, change a bit, uh, because after Fujimori goes to the, to the government, um, the, um, after, um, after Fujimori, when Fujimori goes to the, to the government, happens that the, a lot of, of, of uh, lawyers and um the lawyers of the political prisoners goes to the Inter-American Commission in, in Costa Rica, you know, and um, try to um, to do a new trials because the trials that they did in the times of uh, Fujimori was um, trials with uh, faceless youth, uh, judges. You know, and this is unconstitutional. And the the, um, inter inter American Commission says they have to to do all the trials again. And they, the government, the state, have to do all the um, the trials again in Peru. And all the people that was imprisoned for life, which is almost 90% of the, the political prisoners in, at that time have to be, uh, have a new trial and some of them change the, um, 
the time, you know, and change the, the times for imprisonment for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. Only um, Polai, which is the, the, the head of um, the Tupac Amaru movement, and Abimael Guzman and his wife, which are the both are the the head the, the most important persons in Chinese path, had um, again imprisoned for life. But all the rest of political prisoners have new trial and have new times in 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 prison. Yeah, or more more or less 20, 25 years, and they paid all the all the all the time now are 20 years or 25 to the to the um, the war finished and more of the these people are coming out recently if you just tuned in we are talking with viviana salas a peruvian photographer living in melbourne talking about the situation of political prisoners in peru over the last 20 years we have discussed about the anti-terrorist laws implemented in Peru under the dictatorship of Alberto Fujimori. We also discussed how, through national and international campaigns and the intervention of the Inter-American Human Rights Commission, the sentences to political prisoners originally charged of terrorism had been reviewed. We are now going to hear about the role of art as a healing tool for political prisoners. You are listening to Accent of Women on Satellite Across Australia. It's quite a change on trying to revisit these sentences that were given to these political prisoners that have spent a big proportion of their life behind the bars. Um, but Viviana, well, you, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, are the curator of an exhibition that is currently being presented in Melbourne and it has been for the last couple of weeks. It's called Art Inside. This is an exhibition where you are presenting, where you curated pictures that were taken. is about different political prisoners around the world, including from West Papua and Chile, and also there is some section of, of the exhibition dedicated to disappear, the disappeared young people in Mexico from Ayotzinapa. But there is a section that I found very interesting when I went to your exhibition, which is this section dedicated to the political prisoners in Peru. There are some women that are quite important uh, political leaders of the organizations that you mentioned before and possibly other organizations that are present in this exhibition, which is about using art as a tool to sort of survive and talk from the prison. Can you talk a little bit about this artwork that was produced by these prisoners? Yeah, um, yeah the, the story about the, these pictures was... The, um, my husband goes uh, to the jail, to different jails in Lima to take pictures for the INPE. INPE it's the, um, the institution that have uh, to um, have the protection of the of the jails. And he goes, he went 
sorry, he went to 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 the jails, took some pictures in in five different jails in in Lima. We have almost twenty in Peru with different with uh, political prisoners in, in all Peru, but he went only to five. And yeah, he can saw different um, different type of. Um, of art that they did inside because you know it's more relaxing and and was really difficult to present this in Peru because it's not you know I I I talked to you before that it's it's really difficult to um to present this because nobody wants to know what happened inside the Yales. Uh, nobody wants to talk about what happened in Peru. And we decided to present in here a little bit um, that story, a little bit of, of the, the story was that the last year, the former interior minister in Peru uh, goes to went to um, an art exhibition for the political prisoners for the fam the family of the political prisoners did um, a little exhibition for the art that they did inside the jails and this um, former interior minister went and you know decided to say that this um, exhibition was an apology of terrorism. Mm. And with my husband talk about and talking about and said the art is not apology of nothing, you know. We we thought that this is it's only art. They have to say, they have to um to show what they think or what they feel, but nothing else. It's it's ridiculous that this guy who went to, to this, this place and said this is apology of terrorism because it's really stupid, you know. And we have this this uh, opportunity to show the the art inside the the Yale and decide to put lots of the arts for the women's because are really impact, you know. Um, I don't know if you can see one of these um, piece of what these photos, the, the piece of uh, ceramic with the belly empty. And for me, it was like, wow, it's incredible. You can see that and say, what happened with this woman? And probably this woman, like more of, of a lot of these, um, these prisoners, uh, she probably was in jail 25 years. She's now 50. And when she was in prison, they are 25. Obviously, obviously um, she, can, uh, he, she can be pregnant when she uh, will be released. And the idea of this belly empty is the idea of she never she never will be a, a mom, you know. 
And it's a woman. I don't know if it's a um, political prisoner or whatever. If you saw that, you say, it's horrible. If she can be a mom and she can't, what do you feel? What do you think about it, you know? And have different uh, um, type of arts, like ceramic, uh, pictures, uh, paintings. We have been talking about this artwork that has been produced by political prisoners in Peru, in different prisons around Peru. But before that, you were mentioning how these prisoners could, did not have access to reading material or even seeing the sunlight. So it seems that there had been, has been a change in what people in prison can and cannot do, which I imagine is the result of a number of campaigns by the inmates, inmates and also their supporters outside. Can you talk a little bit about this process and how these workshops, art workshops, were um, created and supported in prisons? Um, well, the, the workshops, n now they can do art, but they support the, you know, the, the state don't, um, don't get nothing for them. They can um, buy their own things, um, the workshops, They, they do the workshops by own, you know. It's not an idea for the, for the state. But in the early 90s, you know, uh, when they can do the art or, or read, you know, that I told you, told you before. And I have a an, an, an story about they have to do, they don't have nothing to do. And they trying to to do something with the hands. And in Yanamayo, eh, it's the land have a lot of um, bones, bones of um, llamas or different animals. And they took these little bones in the cells and tried to do little sculptures because and hidden of the of the police, you know, because they don't allow to do nothing. They did a lot, a lot of different um, little sculptures with bones, bones of animals that they can't find in the in the in the land in the yard. Yeah. But then in the 2000, change a little bit um, the 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 legal, all the legal um, process in, in the yell change. And they can allow to do, to read, to, to have um, workshops for art and all of these things. And they start to do um, ceramic, uh, painting, dance, theater, but all of these things They did by, by own, you know, they, they don't have, um, the state don't have nothing to do, the government don't have nothing to do in, in there. They only say, okay, you can do that, but nothing else. Well, these type of workshops, are they also for common prisoners? Uh, no, they are separately. Oh. Separately, totally separately. The, pres the political prisoners are 
in in totally separately with the common prisoners or the narcotraffic uh, people. Sometimes the narcotraffic narcotraffic uh, people with the political prisoners can share the yard or but the 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 common prisoners no, they are totally separately, and. Um, at the early nineties, that we had jails only for political prisoners because we had lots of political prisoners on jails only for them. That's that's the totally different idea that what happened in in, in the rest of Latin America. That was Viviana Salas, a Peruvian photographer living in Melbourne, talking about the situation of political prisoners in Peru over the last 20 years. We have discussed about the anti-terrorist laws implemented in Peru under the dictatorship of Alberto Fujimori. We also discussed the impact of national and international campaigns and the intervention of the Inter-American Human Rights Commission in reviewing what used to be considered cases of terrorism and that have kept political prisoners in jail for decades. We have also heard about the role of art as a healing tool for political prisoners and how they have conquered the right to have art workshops in jail despite all the mistreatment they have suffered over the last two decades. Viviana Salas is the curator of the photo exhibition Art Inside. If you are in Melbourne, it is currently displayed at the Victorian Trades Hall, in the corner of Victoria and Ligon Street. You better be quick as it closes on May 15. You can find the event on Facebook as Art Inside. And this is all we have time for on today's Accent of Women. To listen to this show again, or any of our other programs, you can download the podcast from the 3CR website, www.3cr.org.au and that's with the digit 3 and not spelled out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. I look forward to keep receiving your feedback and suggestions. Thanks for tuning into the show today. I am Lourdes García Larque, and I look forward to your company again in our next program. <laughs>